He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. What is running the show in your life? Want to know? Your life blueprint is your metaphorical way of looking at the world. Reality is symbolic. It's metaphorical. We all talk in symbols to convey what we mean. If the metaphor that I use to navigate through life is making life hard or doesn't match up with my big picture goals or values, I'm not going to feel very fulfilled, be effective, or have a meaningful time because my blueprint is what I use to do life. It's the software that's running the computer. I can say that I want a million dollars all I want, but if my software is programmed for 50000 that's all I can achieve. So my blueprint is all the unconscious shadow information that we have lived that creates our beliefs. Those beliefs form a picture or blueprint for what our life looks like, what it was in the past, and what it will be. We can only build from the blueprint. So our blueprint comes from our experiences, epigenetics, our culture, and ancestral DNA. If I live in a culture that is striving, competitive, and rewards achievement, that will influence my blueprint. If I have alcoholic parents, or mentally ill parents, those experiences will impact my blueprint. If I was well-loved and respected, that'll show up in my blueprint too. Now, just because the blueprint is influenced by negative, hurtful, or undesirable things doesn't mean that you'll have a negative blueprint. Someone who grows up poor might be motivated to never be poor again and end up being very wealthy. It's not the experiences that creates the blueprint. It's the way that we internalize the experience that makes the blueprint. So mindset is super important. After I've said all that, why do you want to know what your blueprint is? Well, it's the same for everything. The more you know about yourself, the more information that you have to make wise choices. Maybe that means you need to change your blueprint altogether, make some tweaks, avoid that job, lean into this potential partner, or change your priorities. Knowing your blueprint helps you to see into your shadow and know other people better too. It's not you, it's me. It's all about knowing yourself. It's about getting in the driver's seat of your life and being your best self because when you show up as your best self, you're a gift to the world. It's a win-win. You're happy and light and what you share with the world is too. If the podcast inspires or helps you in any way, please consider donating, subscribing, sharing, or just letting me know with a comment because all that helps to keep this love chain going. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you. So how do you figure out what your life blueprint is? So ask yourself, what is life like? Pay attention to what you say. You're always speaking it. We speak in metaphors. Look at your metaphors. In this podcast, I talked about being in the driver's seat of your life. 
that could mean that I think life's a journey. Life's about going somewhere. Maybe sometimes I take detours or stop to smell the roses. I know that there are wrong turns and potholes. If this is my metaphor and I'm not in the driver's seat, I'm the passenger. I don't have a lot of control or say. I'm along for the ride. That's not a great place to be. You can see how that is going to limit my entire life. I have to do what the driver says when the driver says it. I may have good times, but life happens to me. I'm not the catalyst that creates anything positive or negative. If life is a journey, do I ever reach the end? What happens when I get somewhere? Does that mean I never arrive? Life's a journey is a great blueprint if you're someone who is growth-oriented because wherever you end up, it's not the end. You get to continue on, so nothing is the end of the world. It's not like you fail and then you're done. That's it. It's over. There's a saying, life's a bitch, and then you die. If that's your blueprint, you probably see one catastrophe after another. You probably are always waiting for the next shoe to drop and never catch a break. This is another situation where life is happening to you. It's like life is whipping you and won't let you relax. You're a passive bystander to life, not a participant. Be aware of that. That's not a great place to be. What about life's a stage or life's a play? If this is your blueprint, you're an actor. People are watching you. You may feel like you're often under the spotlight. If that is a raised stage, and most of them are, you may have some status. If you don't come down off of that stage, you'll lose your standing. You also have many masks. People don't know who the real you is. You may not know who the real you is because your identity depends upon your role. When you're a mom, you may be one person. When you're a worker or a spouse, you might be someone else. And all these roles could conflict with each other. Life is a stage could also indicate that you're a people pleaser or a manipulator. If you're playing to get applause or recognition, you're behaving in ways that will get you the response, but is not necessarily in the ways that are more authentic to you. In the worst case scenario, that could be manipulative. What do you do when the play is over? You may feel like you have no purpose or identity until the show starts again. You're a showman. You're calling the shot, kind of, but those shots are scripted. You don't have a lot of freedom. You have to move within the framework of the play and your character. If you're playing Hamlet, you can't just burst out in song. This can make it hard to change. People like when you stick to your role. If life is a garden, you may see the cyclical nature of life. You may feel that things need tending and that things blossom in their own time. You may expect a harvest after you put work in and realize that the harvest varies from year to year. You probably realize that there are things outside of your control, like diseases and insects that can ruin your efforts. So you're more of an ensemble player than a person who is dictating all the action. If life is a battle or a war, where are you in that? Are you a general or a soldier? That matters. If everything is preparing for the next battle, that could be hard and depressing, or it could be exhilarating. It all depends on how you feel about fighting. I guess, though, that you'd approach everything in terms of winning and losing. I guess you're pretty strategic and think ahead. At least you are if you're any good at war. <laughs> if life is a game, you probably don't take it too seriously. 
you're probably a blend of carefree and silly and strategic and competitive. You probably don't fear death because when game over flashes on the screen, it's not a big deal. You just start again. If I'm thinking about video games, you probably also learn from your mistakes so that you get to the next level. Mistakes are just feedbacks in, in order to help you to learn the rules of the game. And once you master them, the game is easier, but it's also a lot less fun. So you go searching for another harder game. Am I right? Are you starting to see yourself in some of these? Helen Keller said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. If life is an adventure, we're open to novelty, unexpected twists and turns, and take the road less traveled on purpose. We might be hard to pin down. If you think about explorers, they go into places that people haven't ever been. They discover things. This isn't someone who you'd expect to be leading the church choir because that requires dedication and commitment to doing the same thing week after week and showing up for other people. Someone with a life as an adventure as their blueprint is probably not that gal. How's life is a race? This person is probably a real go-getter. They probably train a lot and see difficulties as hurdles. As long as they have the skills and practice to get over them, they will. This person probably enjoys straight lines. The fastest I can get to somewhere, the better I like it. So they're probably not going to stop and smell the roses. They accumulate wins and see delays and injuries uh, as keeping them on the sidelines. They want to be out in front. This person could get caught in a rat race. They may um, see life as striving to keep up with the Joneses, and they may have a hard time being mindful and present. Maybe life is like a box of chocolates, and you never know what you're going to get. Maybe life's a grind or a burden. Think about what you say about life. That'll clue you into what your blueprint is. And if you like living life in the fast lane, and that's your blueprint, it's a match. If you're a life in the fast lane type of person and you are with someone whose blueprint is life as a spectator sport, that could be a great match. You always have an admirer who's cheering you on. They don't need to be in the spotlight, so it works out. If you're employed by someone who thinks life is an adventure, they probably want someone who's innovative and willing to take risks. If you're a life as a gardener type of person or a garden type of person, that's not you. You're more patient and follow the cycles of nature than someone who is pushing the boundaries of everything. I like life's a journey a lot. I'm often there, but my preferred blueprint is life's a dance. That's really where my heart feels comfortable. I love to dance. To me, dance is an interactive living thing where the dancer is creating the dance by interacting with the music. I follow the music. Sometimes the music follows me. Together, we experience this moment. We can reach out and include anyone who's in the vicinity, or it can be a personal thing that's only experienced and enjoyed by me. Because I'm dancing, I have to be on my toes. I can improvise or follow choreography. There's a framework to follow, so I'm never in an unknown space. I can be as simple or as fancy as I want to be. I can really dance to almost anything. I see dance as play, so it's never really all that hard either. I can dance with lots of different people, and I can dance in and out of their lives. It's flexible yet structured. I like life's a dance a lot. Now, there's no good or bad blueprint. It is what it is. Everything has pros and cons. But if you don't like your blueprint and can't achieve what you want within that framework, you can change it. It's not set in stone. 
Before we get into that, uh, let me give you an example of how your blueprint might be limiting you. Clearly, if you are a bystander, audience member, not in the driver's seat, you have limited power, right? You have to wait for things to happen and for things to come to you. That's probably not ideal for most people. Those people often talk about things that happen to them versus the things they make happen. That's a dead giveaway. In a lot of period movies, women were passive creatures who had things happen to them because they had no power or freedom. Any life's a bitch, a burden, or a grind type of blueprint is going to make your life unnecessarily challenging. If this were my blueprint, I'd want to collapse that so that something else can take its place. If the new thing doesn't work, keep at it until you find a blueprint that gives you some wind at your back. See what I just did? That's a sailing metaphor. Maybe life is sailing and there are some wicked storms, safe harbors, and smooth sailing. Okay, back to how it doesn't work. Let's see. Let's say that my metaphor for life has been the one with the most toys wins. And that has enabled me to succeed a lot, bank a lot of money, have a lot of bling. And now I'm old and tired and I haven't had a lot of fun. Maybe my relationships are crap because I haven't focused on that. I might want to retire that metaphor. But don't we all know people who don't know how to do that? They accumulate and grind until the very end. If you're looking at your life and it's not working, it could be because the blueprint you're following isn't effective. Or maybe you're paired with someone in a relationship capacity or work-life capacity that isn't harmonious. Guy has a life's a burden metaphor. Sheila has a life's a building metaphor. They both have the same vision for life. They both want to have stability, a family, give their kids more than they had, and create a legacy. So they think that they're a match and start a life together. But after a little while, it doesn't feel good. It's not flowing, and they don't know why. They're both good people. They're emotionally healthy, but they seem to be at odds a lot of the time, and you can see why in their life blueprint. Guy is hardworking. He's a good provider. His blueprint is life's a burden, and he's the beast of burden. So he's the one who carries all the weight at work and at home. He does what other people want him to do or what he thinks other people want him to do. So when he gets home and has a moment to himself, he just wants to be alone. People are the source of his stress and his sense of imprisonment. So he's resentful. And even though he loves his family, he doesn't want to be around them. And in fact, loves to be away from them so that he can catch a break. Now, Sheila's a builder. She sees life as something that needs a strong foundation. And you build up as you go from there. For her, success means building something substantial. More is more. So they're both go-getters and hard workers, but Sheila's desire for more drives Guy to keep grinding so he can never feel that he can put his feet up and relax. Can you see how this is not a horrible match? But it's not a great one either. Let's look at another guy. He comes in and he tells me that he believes the sky is the limit, but that's not what's showing up. He says that he is blocked. When we look at his metaphor, that's not what he's living at all. <laughs> not at all. And when we try to create that sky is the limit, what he sees is that he has no standing. Because if you're in the air, you, you're not standing on anything solid, right? He has no foundation, no standing. He's way above everyone else. He's not connected. Everybody's beneath him. And his head's, head is in the clouds. And yet, 
when he talks about what he wants his life to look like, that's not what he wants his life to look like. So there were all kinds of mismatches going on here, where he thought he was, where he thought he wanted to be, and where he was. None of that was making any sense at all. (laughs) And when we got it into alignment, he had to make some adjustments because his heart and his head were really out of alignment. And we needed to get rid of some, some triggers, some things that were motivating his desires. But once we did all of that and got him back into alignment, everything worked so much better. So for the easy way to change your blueprint, you can come to see me. We can work it out. If you want to do this on your own, pay attention to your speech. You're illuminating your blueprint all the time. Think about what you say when you're struggling or succeeding. Whatever program you're following can be revealed in your speech. Or ask yourself, what's life like? Talk until some patterns emerge. You'll see whether you see life as an uphill struggle or robbery or whatever. It'll come out. Now, once you become aware of your blueprints, look out for confirmation bias. There are things that tell you that your blueprint is true. These are the things that tell you that your blueprint is true. If I saw my father succeeding at gambling and over and over again, I might have adopted life's a windfall blueprint. Whenever something lucky happens, it acts as confirmation and reinforces that belief so I continue to act as if it's true. If I don't want my blueprint, I have to do the opposite. When I notice something that confirms life's a bitch, I want to erase that blueprint, so I say something like, that's just a thought. What I don't want to say is, no, life's a bed of roses, or something that represents the opposite, because I don't really believe that. And the opposite of something is actually the same thing, so we're reinforcing the same energy. For example, if I try to stop drinking by not drinking, I'm going to relapse. We know this is true because the relapse rate is so high. (laughs) This strategy focuses on the drinking, which is not the problem. The problem is the emptiness that I'm trying to fill by drinking. So you want to go with the value neutral statement instead that takes the focus off the thing that you don't want. Got it? Now, if you notice some incongruency stuck places, there could be some sort of trauma trigger that's holding that thing in place. That's a different ballgame. You're not going to be able to undo that as simply as this. That's when you're probably going to need some help. And you do want to build a different confirmation bias. So if you want to create a life's a windfall blueprint, watch movies about lucky people. Spin stories so that any good fortune is about luck. Notice even the smallest fortunate events and attribute them to good luck, and you'll see your luck change. What I'm saying is your life blueprint was created unconsciously, and if it doesn't work for you, you can neutralize it and create a new one consciously. You just have to be dedicated to doing so. Now, this isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You'll still have to do whatever healing and growing that you need to do. However, having a healthy blueprint will make that work a lot easier. And if you want to build your conscious awareness, which is the skill needed to create a healthy blueprint and sustain it, and want some practice with that, join my free private community. We're three quarters of the way through our 31-day challenge to stay mindful and share ourselves. And I can't exaggerate how wonderful that has been to build honesty, vulnerability, connection, self-awareness, and so many other things. It's been so useful that we're going to do it for a whole year. Do that for a year, and I promise that when New Year's 2025 rolls around, your New Year's resolution won't be the same one that you've had for years. 
You will have grown into a version of yourself that's more authentic and solid than ever. Sound interested? The link's in the show notes. See you over there and see you next week when we will have our first guest since the remix. I'll be talking to CJ Barnaby from the Super Normalized podcast. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.